Welcome to the Business Building Blocks Podcast. My name is Wazir. And I'm John Muhammad, and we are your hosts. How you doing today? I'm fine. How about you? I'm feeling great, ready to get into another episode of this wonderful podcast, get this information to our listeners. Yeah. So, once again, I would like to know, what is the purpose of the Business Building Blocks podcast? Well, the Business Building Blocks podcast is a business talk show. Right. But it's designed for the entrepreneur or the business owner that wants to expand their business. Right. And uh, what we do is cover topics that would uh, achieve that. You know, uh, we want to use tangible tools that they can use after you after listening to the sh- show. Right. It's like a get up and go thing. So something that they hear on this podcast, we're giving them objectives to achieve or homework to do after it, they it's hear. It's practical. That's why we call it blocks. Mm. It's practical. Something concrete, something right in your face that you can get into. That's right. So it's business building blocks podcast. Keyword business. So being that it's a podcast about business, what is our motivation? Is it um are we strictly about money? Is it by any means necessary get to the bag, get the dollar, or what? What is our purpose? This is a unique talk show where we don't stress, you know, the wealth building aspect alone. Mm, okay. Uh, we we're not lovers of money. The, the the scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil. Right. But in another place it says, Seek ye the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. So we seek the kingdom, nation builders in a modern language. Nation building is what we're about. We are mission orientated. Right. And we're like, uh, so it's a nation of people. Right. You know what I mean? So we, we're, we're here to serve the people and serve their needs because, as we always say, Every human need is a business opportunity. I love that quote so much because it's it's honestly inspiring because it makes me think, how many needs does a person have in a day? And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, starting with food, clothing, shelter. Then if you look at transportation, Mm -hmm. education, health care, and as you think about it, on and on and on. Everything from the toilet paper to your shoes, your clothing, right. Right. All of those are business opportunities, and we should look into those because that's a way for you to feed your family and things like that. Uh, what in what experience do you have in the business world at this point? Like, do you have any, have you had any small businesses, anything like that, if my, somebody my, is tuning my, in for the my, first time? My, my personal background is coming from a construction um, uh, industry, uh, that's that's where the bulk of my education and training come from, mm-hmm. and that's the bulk of my experience. But during the process of going to school, you understand, in order to um, accomplish that that degree, oftentimes I worked in other industries. Right. Starting out in in uh, out of high school, I worked in uh, Burger King. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked in fast food restaurant. Right. <laughs> I worked at the Marriott Hotel as a cook. You know, I worked in a a, a, a black-owned restaurant, uh, uh, and uh, it was one of those uh, window-type restaurants where you walk up to the window and you order. Right. So I, I managed, and I was a, a employee. I cooked and 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 ran the register at the same time. Was this um? Was that the fishnet? Yes. Oh, okay. In Houston. 
in the third ward area. It was it was near the university. So after class, I would go to the uh, to the restaurant, you know, and uh, my wife and I we we worked in there. Uh, uh, we served uh, like from the evening until like eleven at night. Right. And we in the in the show the dedication. Mm-hmm. I was in training for two weeks. I worked full time, eight hours a day, sometimes ten hours a day in this restaurant. Right. Two weeks with no pay. Matter of fact, three weeks I worked and I, I got paid that third week mm-hmm. for one week. Wow. And I was making a hundred dollars a week. So you had to see that opportunity and what was going to come from it. And well, not be so. I didn't do it for money. Okay. My objective, even as a student here, I was so excited to work in a black-owned business. I wanted to invest in that business. As I was learning the business, I was I was being trained. Right. And I, I donated, basically, my, my training uh, to the business to help build a business. I wow. seen the vision, you know. Mm-hmm. Let the you more were bought in already. Thing, I, I had financial aid. I had a place, you know. Uh, I, I was a student, but I was idealistic. Mm-hmm. I wanted to build a franchise of restaurants. Right. So my idea wasn't this one little window restaurant. So um, that was that was an experience, and, and I ended up only working there three months. I had that experience. The owner at that time wasn't... Uh, wasn't about the franchise, you know. I came in with a lot of radical ideas about marketing and advertising, and, and reaching a number of of customers that he wasn't prepared at that time to expand to. Right. So I, I had to move on. But the restaurant industry, and you remember doing your upbringing retail. Right. You know, we worked flea market business. We did vending uh, throughout the community and. Functions, you know, because we participated in a lot of black business expos, a lot of black business uh, fairs. Right. But a lot of those fairs miss the most important ingredient. Mm-hmm. That's the community, the consumers. You right. go to the networking seminar uh, fair and it's all businesses trying to network with each other with no consumers. <laughs> right, right. But when you... Who are we doing uh, business when you, with? When you add vending with a event, right? Similar to these conventions, these political conventions, mm-hmm. along with the political conventions, or vendors with all the political paraphernalia and whatever to promote the uh, the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are vendors; those are businesses that produce the T-shirts, the buttons, the hats, uh, the flags, or whatever. Uh, they become vendors. You mm. see. So, but they have these massive rallies, you know. They, the the famous Trump "Make America Great Again" right. cap, you know, that was made in China, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But uh, you see, bringing I mean? jobs on that, yeah. that that that's that's what we wanted to do, and we were able to do that within the Nation of Islam mm-hmm. at Minister Farrakhan's lectures, his rallies, right. marches, or whatever. You see the mass the masses of uh, consumers, and tie that to the businesses. And that's that's what we desire to do with this show. Right. We are part of a community. We may be business owners, entrepreneurs, but we need the support of the consumers. Right. We need that. They go hand in hand. That's right. 
And I used to love going to those whenever we you talk about expos and conventions and we used to go to different banquets and stuff like that. And I always felt like we were in our own country for a moment. Like it always felt right. like that. Right. You see our people everywhere. They're all you see money being passed over the table. Right. You know, people having bags full of stuff from different consumers. And then they'll go down, they'll get their spiritual aspect. It might be like a carnival for the children and everybody's buying tickets. And it's just the flow and the life flow of the dollar and the energy was always so beautiful. I remember that very vividly. And and we got to continue that, duplicate that. Right. And not just annually, but every day. Every day, right. You know, we don't want to just be Sunday, we talked about it. Sunday, Sunday soldiers, right, right. A uh, uh, Sunday Muslims, where we do all our activity on one day, because we black every day now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, twenty four seven. Right. If you look at the marketplace, there's always buying and selling going on twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. And if we want to be free, off the plantation. Right. Now today, the plantation is not some geographical area. The plantation is our thinking. If we want to be part-time freedom fighters, part-time conscious, mm-hmm. part-time business owners, you don't want to be part-time. You want to be gainfully uh, in business, and you want to expand that business as far-reaching as you can. There's no limitations. Right. And a, a job is limited. You have a salary cap. But a business is unlimited. You see, so we want to grow and we want to expand to meet all of our needs and we want to do it, you know, uh, uh, continuously. Right. So, so that was, <laughs> that was your history. My, my history, I remember my first job was at this, um, my actual, if I think about the first time I've ever worked and got paid for it. It was at this company called Nation Builders, with my <laughs> that my father owns, and uh, I remember walking on a roof or whatever. Or yeah. when I was younger, and I remember the homeowner, the wife, however, was saying, "You know, why is that young man? He's too young. He's a teenager, and why is he on my roof?" I think I was younger than that. When I <laughs> but but I didn't put you on the roof when you were younger than that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. To be honest with you, and and um, you was knee high to a grasshopper. When you first got started. Right. I remember you was too young to, uh, say, paint uh, a home. But uh, you're familiar with staining. Mm-hmm. You can stain the trim. The trim, the baseboard oh, around right, the right. floor. Or the trim work around cabinets. Or just pass you nails. Yeah. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Take a rag and here's the the, uh, the stain. Yeah. And, and line it up in the garage, you know. Here, stain this trim. Right. You was knee-high to a grasshopper, but you was able to stain the trim. And we compensate you a couple of dollars. And that's very rare, because I know people who work for their parents or their uncles or something like that, or they're like, I'm putting food in your mouth. That's why you're working. Which, right. I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Right. But if you show a child, and I learned that early, that if I put effort in something, I'll get something from it. It was like, it, it taught it's me... It should be motivational. It was very motivational. And it taught me that uh, the law of cause and effect Right. The law of reaping what you sow right. at an early age. So and I appreciate you, y'all for that. Teach, if you teach a man or a boy right. how to fish, I mean, if you give him a fish, he'll eat for the day. But if you teach him to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Wow. 
So the motivation here was to instill certain principles in you. Then when you grow as a man, you won't be begging the rich man for his crumbs. <laughs> You'll be able to right. make a way for yourself I and your family. That's very true. So that was my first one. And, of course, it led on to our our listeners who've listened so far, you know. It, that led to me. Go, well, what was my? I want to tell them my second job too. What was my Urban League? <laughs> I like to talk. About, I want to talk about the Urban League because I was listening to a lot of people. Now that we in the Trump era, right. a lot of people look backwards to Obama and say he ain't do nothing for black people. Right. Which I know what they're trying to say. He right. didn't. I guess he didn't do anything that changed our condition all the way. Mm-hmm. But there were certain things that he did for us. Yeah. Being in the Urban League, there they got the stimulus package from Obama. And they gave a lot of us black children jobs. It was all of us were black, and we all, our job was to go into the community, the hood, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and we cut grass for free. That was one side of it. Mm-hmm. And we would go out. But, but you got paid. It was a it was a, a job where you got paid. Right. right. But yeah, yeah, they paid us. But I'm saying the people in the community didn't have to pay for the well, grass see, cutting. The community service work. Yeah, it was community that. service. We was cut, because, you know, people, yards are overgrown. Uh, it might be abandoned houses. We would just pull up, you know, we cutting it in. You know, we all dirty as you find huge spiders and beetles and stuff. Right. But uh, we were cleaning up the community. So that was two things in one. We getting money and we cleaning up the community. And also they had us uh, refurbishing computers. Mm-hmm. So we would go to... And that was a different year. One year you did landscaping. That was one year. And then the Second next year. summer... And all this was, what, what was your ninth grade, tenth grade? Yeah, that was, that was before, that was before ninth grade. Because I remember that's how I bought my first school clothes for the first time right. in my life. <laughs> and I was all heavy. I got $600 for the whole summer. I was right. like, man, I'm rich. Well, I got $600. We went to the mall, I bought like two pair of jeans yeah. and two shirts with $600. I balled out. I didn't know that. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so that I learned a lot of lessons there too. So, um, well, also support your uh, Urban League and NAACP. Please do. I I, I work in NAACP, similar to that. Right. Um, those programs, and and they was job training programs. You know, temporary programs, usually funded by the government. When we talked about the social work mm-hmm. nonprofits, uh, and, and they'll need it. They they have a place. Uh, one thing that I was not satisfied enough with, though, is that it was temporary. It was job training. It wasn't permanent employment. Right. We have to build permanent. We're not part-time uh, citizens, you know. We, we're full citizens. We're full human beings. We're, we're an adult men and women. We need uh, long-term employment, and we need to build these organizations, and we need to build businesses. Very true. So... Those of us who are at the point now where we want to build businesses, and there are a plethora of different kinds of businesses, huge variety, like we talked about, from eating, drinking, uh, food, clothing, shelter, all of that. In these different industries, do we do these businesses require a license? And 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 that's yes and no no because. To go into business, uh, all businesses don't require a license. We okay. talked about registering a business, getting a DBA, you know, doing business as getting a tax number, and going into business. But there are industries that are regulated by the state, right? And it, it requires a license. Uh, for instance, in the construction industry, uh, uh, electrician, 
you know, that's 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 governed by the state, that's regulated by the state because right. you can understand working with elect with power there, you can you can can e- e- electrocute yourself or someone else or start a fire or whatever. So you need some education and training in the field and you have to test out uh, uh, to receive a uh, electrical license. The same as plumbing. You know, the master, what they call a master electrician mm-hmm. or the master plumber is the person that owns a license, that possesses a license. Now, you can work in the field underneath a master as a journeyman or a tradesperson, a helper or whatever. Right. Uh, but the get the permit, we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, the license holder must uh, obtain that permit from that municipality. Wow, they call him a master plumber. Right. Yeah. You can Another remember. area in construction is uh, uh, HVAC, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Uh, you must have a license for new installation. Uh, and these areas, primarily with new installation, you, you must be licensed. And it takes a license master to pull that permit. But look at other industries, like real estate. To be a real estate agent, you need a real estate. You need to go to take the course, and then uh, acquire a real estate agent's license, a building inspector, an appraisal. Because you know, once you're buying or selling a home, it must be appraised. All right. So you must have a license appraisal. Mm. Some other areas like uh, the beauty supply. I mean, a beauty beautician, barber, the nail shop. That, that technician that does your nails. Mm-hmm. So it's, all of that's governed. When you go in a barbershop, you see it too. You see on the wall there, uh, what is it called? The beautician's license and right. things like that. Cause, so you have to get that. If you if you are a um, security officer and you commissioned or you own the firearm, mm-hmm. must have a license for that firearm. You know. Um, Can't just be the shooter. Um that's other areas. You're going to be a truck driver. You must have a, a commercial driver like CDL. Uh, if you're going to be a taxi driver, a Uber driver, you must have a driver's license. It's a state-issued license. So um, there's particular industries, and I'm sure there's other areas. Right. Uh, every industry may be unique, but... Some of those industries does require, that's where you must do your research. We talked about business plans last week. You must do the, do your research to see if this service uh, requires a license. Right. And that's even in filmmaking. You have to have certain permits to, to film in certain places and to have the police come and block a street off or something like that if you want to shoot right. commercials and different things like that. So those are licenses. And I've also heard of people needing permits. And that's what, in film in filmmaking, you need a permit sometimes to do yeah. things. If you're going to shoot a, a, a movie, uh, shoot a video, right? and you're going to be in a metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Are um, there any other industries that you that need permits? Or are, what, are, well, what are permits, if you if I can ask that well, question? I think it's, it's governed by the municipality permits. Right. I know the city of Houston has a permit office. When you're going to, and let's go back to construction as an example. If you're going to... Um, Say build a home. Right. You must get a permit to build at home. You need to bring in a complete set of plans, blueprints, um, and uh, they review your blueprints and approve, give you an approved permit to begin building. 
Mm. Um, there's also like food service industry. You have to take a course uh, to be able to to learn the rules and regulations about storing food, preparing food, that type of thing. Right. Get a permit. You may need a, a sales uh, permit to do selling in the city uh, uh, vendors. A vendor's uh, a vendor's permit. A peddler's license. Okay. You know to sell on on city or government or public property. Um, there's different types of permits. If you're gonna go into a, a business and you want to open this building, you have to have an occupancy permit. Mm. If you're gonna sell alcohol, you have to have a liquor license. You see, so um, you got to investigate that in your particular industry to determine what permits, what licenses uh-huh. I need to do this business. Very important. Um, something else I've always heard people talk about, especially in the, what is it called, intellectual things, you know, things that you create that are... Intellectual rights? Intellectual property or property, something. Yes, Inter- yes. Intellectual properties. You will need a copyright or a trademark. Uh, are those required, or can you just be like, well, I did it first. You know, people know I did it first. I posted well, it, and everybody you, you saw it. You gotta have some type of record <laughs> of that. And to secure you and your interest, your intellectual property, your art. I know, right. uh, say for instance, if you write a book, a written uh, a written work, right? You want, you want to copyright that, so if someone else try to sell that, and you the author, Right. You want you want uh retain the rights of uh You don't want anybody to be able to take that for their own and say they created it. That's true. Right. Especially in music, because there is a lot of uh biting, you know, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of people who hear one thing and they want to duplicate it. I thought I heard that before, you know, the the beat, you know, sometimes the music I heard that music before. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you realize they have to pay royalties. You definitely have to pay for that. So say in the future somebody samples your music, you want to go ahead and uh, copyright and uh, send your stuff to BMI, for those of you who are into the uh, BMI and ASCAP, so you can register your music with the proper um, entities to where you receive your royalties and things like that. And and, and really in the music industry, I I run across a lot of uh, artists well, they claim to be right. I'm a, I'm a hip hop artist. I'm a I'm a writer. And uh, how many songs you got? Well, I got a hundred songs. <laughs> well, how many of those uh, have you copyrighted or have you recorded? Well, no, I haven't. You know, put anything out yet. I just got it on paper. You know? Yeah, it's all in the note in the rhyme book. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, well, well you if, if it's not copywritten, if it's not recorded, and you're not performing, are you really an artist? Right, and we talk about a lot. We talk a lot about being employees and different stuff like that. But what we do here on the Business Building Blocks podcast is we talk about ownership. Yeah. And all this is is writing down that you own this. This is applying ownership to what you have created. So, and yeah. speaking of creations, that goes to inventions. If you invent something, you need what's called a what, what do they call a, a that? Patent. A patent. And and that's important because you talked about growing up. You're reading about. All the inventions uh, that that came out of the black community, even up from slavery, I don't even think we'll be in a modern society if you took away all other inventions that that, that we contributed to this uh, civilization. So many, plenty. 
Things that but we use every day. always benefit financially. No, I, I, and I've heard that's that's a joke that people say. That's why the patent office was created, so why people could benefit off everybody else's inventions. But we don't know that. I mean, whatever. All we know is it exists now, so patent your inventions. If you think get about your, it, get, your idea get the protected. proper paperwork. Yeah. So we want to highlight some people who have done their own uh, aspect of invention or they have brought something into this world, some intellectual properties, and that is Nation's Products. This, right. One of our sponsors this week, Nations Products. You can like them on Facebook at Nations Products, N-A-T-I-O-N apostrophe S Products, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S. They are literacy advocates. If you want your children to get ahead in this world, they can't do that without the proper literature and books. That's true. You know what I mean? You have to feed their minds because they are the future and what you put into them, you will see come out. So contact Nations Products and get those wonderful books. I see you have a book here. Yeah, I got one of the books. Famous Blacks in America. It's a word search book right. about leaders in our community, and uh, historical leaders uh, like Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, uh, former President Barack Obama. Uh, Booker T. Washington, uh, George Washington Carver, mm. uh, Harriet Tubman, uh, and others. Um, as they as they as they solve the puzzle, they learn more about their culture and their history. Oh wow! Very so important. this is a is a mind puzzle. So they build in the intellect, right? And they learn about themselves. Mm. Very empowering culturally, and so we can, we have an opportunity to shape. That's actually very unique. Children. That's very unique. I remember being in elementary and stuff. We did those, but they'll be like, find the apples or something. I mean, the different right. fruit. You know, so they can get knowledge of self through that word puzzle. So please go to Nation's Products. And like them on Facebook. All right. They're using social media. Our second sponsor is Nation. I mean, <laughs> is Wazir's Music. Wazir's Music. <laughs> now, what is Wazir's Music? Wazir's Music. Man, Wazir's music. Well, my name is Wazir for one. Yes. And what my music is, it's rooted in, well, I grew up in the nation of Islam, so it's yeah. rooted in Islam, honestly. Okay. And that it's that spiritual. being it's very spiritual, but it's rooted in just spirituality in general. I, okay. I dive into different subjects because in the nation of Islam, we learn both Bible and Quran. So yeah. a lot of people hear my music and be like, oh, that's oh. Christian music. Oh. And I'll be like, uh. I mean, if you think so, but I, I'm not it's even gospel. thinking that way. It's gospel, you know what I mean? And no disrespect to my gospel brothers, but what it's really about is just a, a snapshot of my mind, a snapshot uh, of what I think people need as far as inspiration is concerned, so it's very inspirational. It's very musical, too. People, A lot of people hear a lot of hip-hop, and it's kind of one note. It's kind of like, oh, we trying to make right. bangers. You know, so I try to make something that's very musical, or as far as this album is concerned, the album I'm speaking of is Photon Fever. You can get that on uh, iTunes, P-H-O-T-O-N. Yeah. It's very musical. You have all kind of skits that tear, that ties it together. And, and I, like it to, I like to interject this. If anyone's seen the movie Get Out and they they learned something, or appreciated all the, the messages that was in that, that movie, the symbolism. Right. Well, there's also enormous amount of symbolism and knowledge inside of this album, Photon Fever. Right. <laughs> you know, not just historical knowledge, but theological 
Wow. You see, and you 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 can allude to that the struggle between good and evil, light and darkness. Right. I don't want to give it away, but if y'all want to hear what that's about, please go to iTunes and search Wazir W A Z E E R. You can go to iTunes, Apple Music, Tidal, YouTube, any any of those, or anywhere you find music. And go and cop it. We, we're going to talk about black youth um, and supporting those independent artists. Let's do that. Let's if, do it. If, yeah. if, you can't, if you can't cop the album, cop a single. Cop a single. It's only 99 cents. That's what I'm talking and about. And that would be going that extra mile to support because you could get it for free. Everybody and knows if that. If you can't do that, stream it. Stream it on all your streaming sites. Right. But show support and tell somebody about it. Please do. Now, you said the youth just a second ago. Everybody knows the youth loves hip-hop in general. Or, uh, a lot of people speak on this generation. A lot of people call this generation the Joshua gem- generation. Yes. And it's not necessarily youth. It's, it's really... Can, can you go into that? What is the Joshua generation? Or who are the Joshua generation? And where is the promised land. Now, first of all, this section, we're going to get a little spiritual. Okay. We're going to get a little biblical. I feel like I'm ready. And <laughs> we want to talk about the children of Israel. Right. We are the children of Israel. We wow. are the fulfillment of that biblical prophecy. Mm. See, the scripture is history and it's prophecy. And let's talk about the history. There was a group of people inside of Egypt that were enslaved. Mm. They was made to make brick right. during the time of the pharaohs and the pyramids, right? Okay, we know the story. They was a, they was afflicted. They were enslaved by the Egyptians. And God uh, raised up Moses and Aaron to lead them out of Egypt. Okay, they was led, they left Egypt. And when they were in the wilderness, they rebelled against Moses mm. and uh, and Aaron. But if you remember the story, God had promised them a land, a promised land. Right, right. So a leader from each tribe, there was 12 tribes of Israel, some say 13. A leader from each one was sent to spy out the promised land. Right. And everybody came back and say. You know, Moses, you tell your God I am to clear out the giants, and then we'll go. <laughs> We're not going in there with those giants. Right, I ain't finna be fighting no giants. That's, they, was, they was fearful. Mm-hmm. But except for Caleb and Joshua. What did, what did they say? They say it's giants in the land, but we can take the giants. Mm, right. You know, they was fearless. So God caused the children of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years till that fearful generation died off. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb and Joshua led the children of Israel along with uh, Aaron. They were able to enter the promised land. Right. Now, we are now free from slavery, right? Mm-hmm. So, But we've been wandering around trying to figure out how we're going to get financially free. Right. We're socially free. We can go through the front door. We can drink out of the water fountain and go to the restroom. Male, female, or... Other. Other. For sure. <laughs> but we, it's no longer black and white, you see. We ain't got to go to the back door. 
But if you don't have any money, you can't go to any door. Mm. See what I'm saying? So we now it's discrimination. Financial freedom. Right, right. We're looking for financial Finance. freedom. Uh, without financial freedom, we just no, we're just uh, a servant, a worker for others. Mm. So now let's look at the context of being entering a land where we're going to be free. What's the difference between the children of Israel in Egypt working and the children of Israel in the promised land working? Okay. Well, in Egypt, we had a slave master. Right. In a promised land, we're not going into this promised land looking for someone to work for. We got to work for ourselves. It's <laughs> our land. Right. So that means we got to build businesses to provide the services that we need to be independent and self-sufficient, mm. self-determinant, free and equal to all mankind. We have to be in business for ourselves. Right. So the black youth are our future. We must invest in our future. Right. We talk about the problem. You know, we unemployed. You know, we just want to stand on the corner and peddle drugs or get involved in criminal mischief mm -hmm. and end up in prison. Chasing quick money. You see, chasing right. that bag. Right, right. And not the mission. You see, now we're chasing that money because we don't love one another, so we may commit violent acts or rob a store or something. Right. Stick them up. We may even murder somebody. We're only about the money. Like in Minnesota society, he's like, I feel sorry for your mother. Yeah. And then he shot him and they took the, you know, the yeah. cash out of that. They was frustrated yeah. by the way they being treated. And they were being treated, you know, uh, hostile. You know, we get treated very hostile by these foreigners. Go there and in spend our money. Community. They just want our money. Yeah. They give us inferior service, inferior products. You remember we talked about no warranty. All sales are final. You know, they treat us like we're stealing something. Right. Uh, no returns. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we treat it like criminals. We, we herd it like cattle. But what we must do is compete. We need to set up a store across the street mm. and provide the necessary uh, uh, needs, the, the products to fulfill our needs. Right. If we don't like being treated on that side, we might as well serve ourselves. Uh -huh. And maybe the treatment will be a little different. Now they have competition. Now they have competition. And maybe now we might get employed. The black youth you're talking about who are doing the violent acts, they don't have to do that anymore. And the same brothers that was hustling. What if we set up a store now? Now we got jobs. You got stocking jobs. You got run the register. You got a manager. You got an owner. Right. And then somebody's driving a truck to develop, to develop, to, I mean, deliver the products. Mm. You see what I mean? We should own the truck and the products that we're delivering. See, I love selling. See, that's what I love, and that's what I love about this podcast, and that's what I love about this discussion, because what we're talking about here are solutions. That's what right. I believe. So, a lot of people, especially in this last race, I've seen black people even more so than when Obama was was running, yeah. or any time before that. You see youth, and you see black people in general being more um, into the political process. They're right. paying more attention, especially during this last election, because it was like. 
you know, this dude yeah, is I mean, obviously well, against well, us. I mean, and I and I wanted to ask you about that when we looked at the uh, problem. Right. The problem with crime, the problems in our family, where our families are headed by single women that's trying to raise these children that we produce, but now we're not gainfully employed or either we're in prison. Right. So who's going to save us? Is it Mr. Trump? Is it the political party? The Democratic Party was in there with a black president for eight years. Right. And now we got a white president, a Republican. Who's out of his mind. <laughs> and uh, all he offering us is... Uh, with uh, hard times and bubblegum, and he's fresh out of bubblegum. <laughs> out of bubblegum. He's not offering us very much. Leading us into World War III. Yeah, but, I, mean, um, I tell you what, I give you a job in prison, I you give you a home. rifle and put you on the front line of a foreign conflict. Mm. <laughs> Which one you want? That's our Death or in prison? Uh, imprisonment. But look, who's responsible for our children? We are. The elders, I'm going to reach out to the elders, the leaders, you know, uh, who's responsible? We complain about the schools. We complain about the police. Or we want to turn our children over to the police who's going to either shoot them or put them in prison. Mm-hmm. Right. The schools are miseducating us. The, the corporate America is not hiring us. The foreigners don't have a job for us. Very true. So who are we going to turn to? Now, you talked about politics. Uh, the most honorable, I mean, honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan uh, made a speech, the one I came in under, was politics without economics is symbol without substance. Mm. So we must tie our economics to our politics. Wow. You see, our politicians should be downtown trying to fight for us to get a contract. All these millions and billions of dollars in contracts. Right. How many are going to black contractors? You see, mm. now, we have to hold our political uh, representatives accountable so we can get the benefits of our tax dollars. Man. People living outside of the city limits, and we living inside of the ghetto, but the people outside of the city limits are getting the contracts, and we're not even given a job, but we're paying all the high taxes. Mm. It's something we have to hold our elected officials accountable to protect our business interests right. as well as jobs and services. That's where the politics intersect. And we talked about all these regulations. Right. You see what I'm saying? And sometimes these regulations was in uh, put into place in order to keep us, lock us out of the marketplace. Mm. The unions were created after slavery to, to 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 lock us out of the job market. You know, I heard someone say, you know how, how we're always being, both black people, they said about us, they're taking our jobs. And now that same mantra is said about towards the the, um, the Mexicans or right. the people that come from South America the and things like Americans, that. The Native Americans, really. They were originally here. This was originally Mexico, half of the United States, kind of the United States was Mexico. Right. And they call it the original inhabitants of this land, alien. But this this was, I, heard, I forgot who said this, but they were saying, if you look at it, in their mind, we yeah. were only meant to be slaves. Right. So in reality, if we're working in their companies, 
we are taking their, their <laughs> jobs because in their mind, it was like, y'all wouldn't supposed to have jobs anyway. Y'all supposed to be free labor because we need to be creating our jobs for us. You know what I mean? That's what I said. Well, we, we, oh, we, we, we can understand what, what mindset is in, in office, in, in political office right now. Right. Cutting the food program. Who would, who would cut meals on wheels to the elderly? God, man. You know, who would cut school lunches and after-school programs for the children? I mean, it's a de- demonic mind. Right. But this mind wants you to work for free. They're not going to feed you. Right. They're not going to educate you properly. They definitely got not going to empower you to do for yourself. They're not going to raise the minimum wage. Oh, no. No, no, because they, they're all about profits. Profits. Exactly, so. They capital. We were we were the cow. They capitalized off of us. Mm-hmm. We the one made this country rich and powerful off our blood, sweat, and tears. Right. So we can't expect the people that put us in this condition to come rescue us. The same people. We waiting on them. We waiting on someone to uh, be elected that's going to come rescue us right. from their policies. And they're not coming to save us. How did they become billionaires? <laughs> right. They but they became billionaires off of these uh, uh, racist policies. Right. So we must look within. Must look within. So I want to know. Should we remain on the plantation or should we escape and or rebel? Okay, listen. I'm not advocating violence. What we're advocating is self-development. Self-improvement is the basis of community development. There's a study guide Minister Farrakhan put out. Remember Michael Jackson sung that song? He's looking at the man in the mirror. Right, I remember that. What we want to do is accept responsibility for our own community. Mm. You know, we want to begin to address our own problems, our own needs. Therein lies an opportunity, an economic opportunity. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? We talked about a restaurant. If we desire to feed our people and we opened a restaurant, Mm -hmm. now we're being empowered economically. And you have to staff that restaurant cooks and waiters and waitresses and someone to run the register. All of these are jobs. Mm. Somebody has to do the landscape. Some we we will create jobs with the businesses that we create. And if we patronize those businesses, those businesses will be forced to expand. That mean they hiring. Right. And then that's gonna alleviate the unemployment and all of the the stress and the chaos that's going on among us right now. Man, and we, and you know, you just pointed out a great, we, 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 we stress this point a lot, but look at that connection. When they hire people, they have to pay those people. Right. And those people are going to have to spend their money somewhere. Right. So you, business owner, go support this business, this restaurant. Right. Their employees need what you sell. Maybe you sell shoes. Right. They need shoes to wear, so they come over there and spend their checks right. they got from their restaurant. You, So you're actually feeding yourself when you feed a black business. And we generate $1.1 trillion annually a year. We got to start spreading that around. We're like <laughs> the eighth or ninth richest nation on earth. Come on. If we were a separate nation. Right. And we are. We're a nation within a nation. Very true. You see, we just have to recognize that. And what can we do? We don't have to pick up a gun. 
why don't you pick up your dollar and go patronize your brother and sister and circulate it? You know? Right. I've always heard that we talk about business owners that they are leaders in their own right. They have a, a sphere of influence. That's true. Um, can you tell us something about leadership? Okay, the leadership here, I want to talk about the political leaders. I want, I want to speak to the political leaders, the spiritual leaders, and the, the teachers, you know, all of us who are influential in the lives of the youth. Mm. Jesus said, or the scripture says, woe to the shepherd that feeds himself and don't feed the flock right. or the sheep. Now, you got to understand symbolism. We're not talking about actual sheep. What we're talking about is your membership, your classroom, your congregation. You, it, it can't be about one man. Right. You know, you got, I got a thousand members, and they keep me looking good. Mm. <laughs> you look good. You got the alligator shoes, the Cadillac car. Right. But what I'm concerned about is the widow. I'm concerned about the orphan. I'm concerned about the homeless. Right. You know, those who are sick. Who did, who did Jesus minister to? He didn't build no ghetto cathedral. Right. We got these <laughs> yeah. golden temples, you know what I'm saying? And they are locked up during the, you know, so the brothers won't break in there and try to steal something. Right. Because we pull ragged, naked, and out of doors. Let's... Let's minister to those who are in need. We're not collecting all of this money so that one man can wear diamond rings and gold, you know, alligator shoes and all this. Mm. What we're concerned about is the flock. The flock. You see? The poor man lying in the dust, freeing a slave. Right. That's what we're about. Mm -hmm. And we're about nation building. Jesus fed the multitude two fish and five loaves of bread. Mm. So let's follow leadership that's about feeding the people. Right. And you can't feed the people without first acquiring land. Acquiring land. Wow. So from there, I think it's a perfect time to go into some people who are feeding us. Oh, our sponsors. Our sponsors. And um, that's important, you know, to sponsor. You know, we talked about The Benefactor. You know, The, the Benefactor was a book I read in high school. Okay. And it was about this rich man that, that supported a younger man financially. Right. And he was his benefactor. In other words, he gave him this big lump sum of money and he didn't have to pay it back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you had a benefit. That happened to me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was almost done with the album Photon Fever, and I had no money left. And all yeah. of a sudden, somebody contacted me and was like, look, I'm about to take... An uh, angel. An angel out of nowhere. Nothing but a blessing, 100% blessing, because I had nothing at that point. He was not a D-boy. He was not a D-boy. He had a good job, Yeah. you know, doing his thing as an independent... I think he... He's in the computer business. Yeah, I think he teaches. He's yeah, a he's 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 an entrepreneur in the technical world. Right. But he loved music. He did. And he loved music with a positive message. He did. And he had his own company he was building. And I think that's how we build a relationship. And this is why you should help people 
And I was reading Charlemagne's book that just came out. I think yeah. we should shout that out. It's called <laughs> uh, Black Privilege. Opportunity comes to yeah. those who create it. Great story about everything we're talking about right now. But one of the principles in his book, he talks about seeing, he said, a lot of youth today doesn't don't see opportunities unless it's a um, paycheck attached to right. it. So in this situation, he contacted me and was like, look, I'm trying to make this song for my business. Yeah. And of course, this is what I do. I, I you, you know, I could be charging for this, but he was like, look, I want you to help me do this song about uh, sports figures beefing over rap, like right. rap battling. So we write that song, and I think that's how we built our, that's how I showed good faith. And he was like, man, yeah. this dude got talent. He got to see me in action writing rhymes. Right. So he believed in it, and he came back oh, a long time after that and gave me a bunch of money to finish yeah. my album. So it was like, wow. He gave and me equipment. that bag, but he, that bag was <laughs> investing back into a talent, a, a, a young budding artist. Right. And the word, and the, the spirit. He's seen value in, he's seen the vision. He's, he shared your vision. Right. And he supported it. And that's what we have to do with our youth. Right. We have to get behind them with our resources and our support. So, one business that you, that the listeners can support who has supported the Business Building Blocks podcast and everything that we're trying to do Who's is that? Grimes Printing and Fashion. All right. What you can do is, everybody here has a business or wants to have a business or you know somebody with one. Mm-hmm. You might have a church. You might have an organization right. or something. A youth league. A youth league. You know, a lot of us like to hoop and play football in our younger years. Go and get your jerseys done, your T-shirts. Uh, he even does duffel bags. Mm-hmm. Anything that you need customized to... Um, to get your business out there. Business. Right, to get your name out there. That's Grimes Printing and Fashion. He also has his own clothing brand. Yeah. I went to his house earlier. He He's customizing these. He's putting out his own shoes soon. Oh, man. Now, that's exclusive. Y'all don't need to know that. Oh, but man, we need to rock it on the show. <laughs> he's putting his own shoe out, his own customized something. Y'all will see that coming out soon. But to stay tuned, it's Grimes Printing and Fashion. That's G-R-I-M-E-S. 1956. That's on Instagram. Grimes1956. That is also his website, so go check him out. At this point, I think we should do a public service announcement. Yeah, we have a public service announcement about black media. And this is in this climate of our alternative facts, uh, fake news, we are looking for information that's valid, that's actual factual information information that we can trust information we can depend on that's the final call newspaper the final call newspaper is news that in our community right throughout the country now as well as the Caribbean and Africa throughout the world as it relates to our community mm. factual information that we can trust this is our black media we must we must support it, and uh, you can do that by going to www.finalcall.com, and you can also get a digital subscription at finalcalldigital.com. Get the final call, support the final call, stay informed, and make a, a informed decision from the knowledge you would gain from uh, reading about yourself. In the final call newspaper. All right. So at this point, 
Do you want to go into the business of the week? Sure. I think we should highlight a very good business. And we're based in um, Houston, Texas. Yeah. But this business is not in, the, not in this state and not in this city. But you've been there. Definitely. So have you. I have been there, too. <laughs> I've been there, too. What is the name of this business? It's uh, a Salam Restaurant and Bakery in Chicago, Illinois. Salam Restaurant, man. If anyone's familiar with the Nation of Islam, it's headquartered in Chicago. At Mas Mariam is the, is the national center right. for the Nation of Islam. But also in Chicago is the Salam Restaurant and Bakery. It, was, it cost $5 million to build. It's a two-story uh, uh, establishment. Right. You know, with on a uh, fine dining on the second floor, you know, like chandeliers and, and you know, um, elegance. And there's also live entertainment, you know. Yes, sir. You can book events there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you can perform there. That's one of my goals. I want to I perform at Salon Restaurant one day. Uh, but also on the first floor... You can dine in there also, and there's a bakery and fish, and and I mean it's a it's a uh, several departments inside of this this one establishment. Right. But if you in in Chicago, support the final but support the salon restaurant and bakery, the bean pie, the famous bean pie we talked about. Ooh. I mean delicious. The supreme bean pie. <laughs> One and only, world I mean, renowned. You have to try it. I mean, wh whatever city you in, uh, try that bean pie. You see, but also, if you're in Chicago, dine at the Salam Restaurant. I mean, you you can't miss it. You can also find Salam Restaurant on Facebook. Oh, so I didn't go, know that. Go to Facebook, like the page, follow the Salam Restaurant because, in truth, we need to uh, franchise the Salam Restaurant. There ought to be a salon restaurant in every major city in the United States. Wow. And we need to help make that a reality. We d we do. So we can dine right here in our city. We need the, that. At the salon restaurant. Clean food, too. Everybody on this health kick, everybody want to eat clean. Salam is the place to go. We need to get that going. We need one of those in Houston. We need to work on that. We need to work on that. So another business of the week I have to shout out because they tighten my fade every week. Yeah. They do. And I've been actually, and this is beautiful. I like seeing stuff like this, but I've been going to this barbershop since I was like eight or nine years old when I was younger. Yep. And uh, the name of this barbershop is Elliot's Barbershop Number 2. Right. That's on the east side of Houston, Texas, for all my east side listeners. I know y'all are out there. <laughs> Shout out to east side. Y'all know what that said over there by uh, that wing place that's over there. But the address is, two, I mean, 13030 Wood Forest Boulevard, G. So right next to the wing spot, that's right. in Houston, Texas. It's a great barbershop. It's family-owned. What I like about them is they, um, they take the money that they get there and they support different Teams and right. you see different brothers right. of like a lot of barbershops stay in there. Yeah, uh, and, and and Mr. Elliot, the owner. Oh yeah, uh, Mr. Elliot. Uh, I've been going there since you know you were a baby. Right. You know it was a neighborhood barbershop. It's black owned and operated. You know brothers in there. You know uh, we able to chop it up when there. You know it's it's it's, it's always been a historical place where black men get together and we can talk. You know, we could talk about sports, we could talk about politics, and definitely business. 
You know, we need to start networking. We definitely need to start networking. See what I'm saying? Let's not just talk about... at the barbershop. Right. When you're in the barbershop, yeah, just see who owns the business in there. You might be able to make the biggest deal of your life in the barbershop. Go to the barbershop and mention business building blocks. That is a key. When you go there, let them know. You might, you know... My barber uh, is uh, Jay. Shout out Uh to Jay. So go in there. All right, then. Let's talk about the business building blocks uh, and also buying black. You know, uh, let's get that conversation going in the in, in, in barbershops. Okay, on the, on our way out here, I would like to discuss something that happened in the news recently. Really okay. quick, if we can touch on it or what you want to... Yeah, go ahead, we got time. Okay, I want to touch on this. Bill O'Reilly. Right. We all know what happened at Bill O'Reilly, or if you didn't know, he recently lost his job at Fox. Yeah, Fox News. For some things he was doing, he was into... He got some allegations. Right. Allegedly, he was... Half a dozen women. Right. He was sexually assaulting <laughs> women. And uh, and he was just very disrespectful to our community in general. Right. We've all seen that over the years. One of those conservatives. And, and, hate mongrels. Right. Lies, really. He says a lot of things that aren't true. Right. And he's always, you know... But anyway, that energy came back. And please, can we can we go into what happened with him uh, around, well, circling around that situation? Well, you know, I like to bring up the rap artist uh, Ludacris. Yeah, Ludacris. A number of years ago, uh, he was under attack by Bill O'Reilly. Right. About his his hip hop lyrics or, or whatever. He didn't. Uh, Bill O'Reilly didn't like hip hop. Um, so he caused Ludacris to lose Pepsi endorsement. Wow. One of his sponsors. Mm-hmm. Sponsoring a brother that's coming up, right? With hip hop. Right. And you know all of these companies are using hip-hop to sell their products. Yeah, 100 miles per hour, they're using us to sell all, making them billionaires. But Bill O'Reilly used his platform at Fox News to interfere and to cause his brother to lose that endorsement. Mm -hmm. Now, you reap what you sow. Be careful. You're going to reap what you sow today. Mm -hmm. Now, he lost over 60 sponsors. Wow. To the uh, the Bill O'Reilly factor. Came right back. You know, it came back to honey. Man. And then we have to look at the power of support and sponsorship. You see, what brought him down is the people start attacking his sponsors. Right. They attacked his economic base. Mm. And now Fox was a force to fire him. Because they start hemorrhaging all this money. Because the people are looking at, the people might not support a company that supports rhetoric like that. That's true. So there's that, that's an economic, when people know, uh, and they already know that if you put your money in something, therefore you support it. Right. So the people are like, no, we're not going to, if y'all keep supporting them, we're not supporting y'all. And you know what they did? They pulled out immediately. That's true. So that shows the power that we have as a people to affect change in the economic space. Right. And that in turn turns to, the, the media space. Yo, yo, treasure is where your heart is. Right. So those, the things that you love, the the things that you idealize, your ideas, the, that's where your that's where your resources, that's where your money should go. We talked about those artists with positive lyrics. You know, if we want to talk about condemn certain issues, we'll stop feeding the beast. You know, feed that which is more healthier 
are more consistent with your views and your interests. Same with politics. Right. We got to support those politicians that support our agenda. You know what's crazy about this whole Bill O'Reilly and uh, he t- he made Pepsi stop supporting Ludacris? Yeah. Recently, Pepsi had an incident. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard about this. No, I didn't hear about There was a Pepsi commercial where they had one of the Jenner girls, which is related to the Kardashian family. Yeah. They had her... In this commercial, they set the stage. Just a lot of rioters and everybody. It's Protest. the protesters on one side. Yeah, why am I calling them rioters? It's the protesters <laughs> on it's the protesters on one side, and it's the police on the other side. Uh-huh. And they're going head to head. It's a lot of heat. It's rising. And then Kylie, I mean, uh, I think it was Kendall. She Kendall Jenner walks up right. and gives one of the police a Pepsi. Oh, okay. And that it, solves everything. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give them a Pepsi. All of a sudden, everything is good, and everybody was. Completely upset right. about that. Like they, they were, and, and and the reason is there's no substitute for justice. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. It's justice or else. Exactly. So not a Pepsi. Not justice or not a Pepsi. Coke and a smile. <laughs> justice. Not forty acres and a pit. I mean, forty acres and a mule, or we a pit. Need, we need the land. Right. I mean, not that, for this. That, that's reparations. I meant to say a pit, 40 ounces in a pit bull. Yeah, the, yeah, the 40 <laughs> ounces is a pit bull. <laughs> yeah. That ain't what we're looking for. So we're looking for real justice, like you said. Right. And you find a lot of those themes. I even heard Eminem mention justice in one of uh, his other songs. Right. His idea of justice was very violent, but that's because it was lyrical, and that's what he does lyrically. But um, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and other people are also— J. Cole recently— re- released a documentary on HBO where he's dealing with with Flint, Michigan right. and all these other different things that we're talking about, justice. Right. So how uh, do hip-hop artists and other musicians um, earn money? How do they earn money? Well, how could your music earn money? Yeah, right, 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 right. Right. You know, we were talking about justice. But economic justice here. There we go, yeah. Tied together. Economic, economic justice. We were boycotting those uh, uh, holidays. Right. We boycotted Black Friday because of the uh, police shootings, unjustified shootings, uh, misconduct. Uh, So we used boycotts and economics as a weapon. Mm. But also economically, we must support those who we want to grow. Right. Those black businesses, those community businesses that's hiring us, that's going to start addressing our needs. We need to recirculate our dollars to those businesses. We need to show them love. Right. And that's, I think, what I was... When If Pepsi poured out on Ludacris, then we should have poured in on them. Right. Or we if, shouldn't if, buy their products. Yeah, we shouldn't buy their products. We should support those who support us. Exactly. Whether they artists or actors or whoever. Mm. But particularly the great British artists, hip-hop artists... Well, I well, am. I am. Uh, said he quoted. Uh, he said that in today's climate of technology, right, the music must sell because you're not making much off of albums. Mm-hmm. It must sell merchandise. Right. It must sell shows. It must sell products like Pepsi and other products. <laughs> so your music uh, must go further. Right. Uh, into the marketplace. To sell, and we have to understand that as artists, that's that's a whole part of it. Uh, yeah, we've just been given a signal. Yeah, so all we're saying is put your money where your mouth is, keep the dollar going, 
And it seems like the theme of this podcast today was support. Right. As always, right. if you see a black business on your, on your way around town today or wherever you are. And support our youth. And support our youth. And let's, let's uh, because our youth is the future. Our youth is the future. So this is the Building Business Block Podcast. Right. You now have the blocks to go forward and build what you want in your life. Any last words, Brother John? Follow, follow us on uh, Facebook at Business Building Blocks. Uh, we are BB Blocks on Twitter, podcast, BB Blocks podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also follow me on my personal page at Wazir underscore W-A-Z-E-E-R on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter, Wazir the Great, W-A-Z-E-E-R the Great. And you can find me at John Muhammad on Facebook. And on Twitter, I'm John Muhammad as uh, Muhammad John, at Muhammad John on Twitter. As always, have a great day and share this podcast with your friends. This is a new industry. Please let them know what we're doing here. Thank you very much. Thank you very See you much. Next week. Goodbye. All my people wait.